Welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This basketball head is a Uniondale High School great who started out as a work in progress. But once he got it going, he was a double-digit player in points and rebounds. He became an all-Long Island player at Uniondale playing alongside his teammate and friend Rick Combs. After graduating high school, he would continue his dominance at CW Post before moving on to Boston University, where he would team up with Dedrick Irvin, the father of Kyrie Irvin. At Boston University, he would become the ECAC North Atlantic Conference Player of the Year. This guy averaged 19 points and 9 rebounds. He was an absolute beast. If you didn't hold your position in the post, you were getting dunked on. Period. After Boston University, this basketball head played overseas where he averaged 27 points a game. Definitely want to hear more about that. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Uniondale High School. CW Post and Boston University great Larry Jones. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? ready? Yes. 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 You have you just stepped into, into, into the world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. hard. Tickets because the game about to start. What's happening, my man? Not much, man. It's good to see you, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Introduction. I love that introduction. Oh, man. I appreciate it, my brother. Hey, I know you was like that. He was just in the dark on a low. Now he's just cameras on. Action. <laughs> Got my guy here, the resident artist Jamel Powell, whipping up something nice for you. I see you guys in the building, Rick Combs. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw him uh, do a picture of Daryl McDonald. And, you know, that was pretty nice. Daryl McDonald's a special dude, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D-Mac, we had him on last night. Awesome guest. Great story. Amazing story. Yeah. Well, I, I was telling you earlier that we played together uh, on West 4th Street. I think we were the Vice Squad. And, um, you know, I, Glenn, you, you know that I played in Europe for so many years. You know, that team that we had at West 4th Street, you know, was just about as good as any team I played on in Europe, you know? Wow. <laughs> you know, it was a, an amazing talent, you know? Yeah, my, my, my team, uh, I joined when I started playing at West 4th, I think 93, 94. I don't know. Um, the homeboys, HBO, my guy from Brownville. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came on with those guys, man. 
But uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. You know, um, doing my research and reading the article that you sent me and the stuff that I read before you sent me the article. Um, just some things that, you know, I want to discuss. All right? Some awesome things because you have a great story within yourself. Yeah, I love to tell it. Yeah. So who introduced you to the game? Uh, you know, we grew up in Long Island. And, uh, you know, we were always looking uh, towards the city, you know, for some guides and some support and some respect. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, there was still a lot of Long Islanders that uh, I grew up with. Um, David Ankrum, uh, Brian Hogan, a lot of guys from Roosevelt High School, uh, Freeport, Uniondale High School. You know, back in the day, everybody was in the park and everybody from those towns was in the same park. And uh, I, I grew up watching those guys. Nice. And that's, that's who kind of introduced you to the game. And, and you got your, you know, uh, I don't know, your feet went at that time. Because when I was reading early on that you 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 relied a lot on your friends. And we're going to get to that as well to kind of help you with your progress. Yes. Are you, are you from Uniondale as well? Uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Okay. Okay. I ended up going. And those are neighboring towns, right? Those are neighboring towns. Yes. Yes. I ended up going there because my mother uh, ended up teaching in that school district. You know, and she thought it was a good idea to get out of Roosevelt. And, uh, Roosevelt was rough. You know, my sisters went to school there, and you know, it wasn't easy for them. And I had three sisters, and then that, and then they helped me. Uh, basketball as well because they were cheerleaders oh, okay so i would go see them cheer and then uh you know i'm watching their games and you know i'm blown away by how much support and how much uh energy is in there and you know at that point uh that's when i realized that's what i wanted to do right yeah harvey power was the coach um he was followed by uh Morris Brandon, uh, who passed away, but they both had huge uh, influences on basketball in Long Island. And, and, and what year or what age did you like really fall in love with the game? Like when you really started to take it serious? I'd say when I was 11. You know, I was okay. my kids that uh, today I teach um, kids the same age, middle school kids from sixth grade to. Uh, eighth grade and I was telling them that um, I play uh, I started playing when uh, about as old as they are now and uh, you know I like to share a lot of stuff with them and uh, try to help inspire them yeah you gotta, gotta inspire the next generation man cause hey listen they gonna be us one day exactly and then we gotta pass down some of that knowledge that's the, the great ones passed down to us. Exactly. So it's each one teach one. That's what we all about over here as well. I work with kids as well. I teach, I'm a dean of my high school. It's great. It's great when they come back and they, and they uh, realize what you said means something. Yeah. And uh, they take it to heart, you know. Back. Yeah. So who was the best player in the neighborhood when you was coming up? Um... 
was a uh, family of brothers, Hammond brothers. Curtis Hammond, Michael Hammond, uh, Adamat Hammond, all of them. Um, yeah, that was a Hammond family. And um, I told you uh, David Ankrum and uh, Ryan Hogan, you know, they were big influences also. They were okay. big stars at Roosevelt High School. And all the guys who you, you guys kind of looked up to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rick just said, yeah, the Hammond boys. Yeah. Every, <laughs> everybody. Well, were, they, were, they related, were they related to Joe Hammond from Harlem? I'm not sure. Not sure. But, that, that would give uh, uh, some young kids a lot of confidence, you know, living out Long Island, knowing they got a legendary cousin or uncle who lives in Harlem, you know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. But, um. Yeah, they they were a strong family in, in in Roosevelt, and you know, and back in those days, everybody was uh, in the parks. You know, nobody was playing uh, video games or snakes. no, no, that wasn't the all thing about, to do. Yeah, we spent all of our time outside in the park. Right. No, I was I was grateful for that. You know, because that had a big influence. On me. How, how was how was uh, Rick Combs as a teammate, and when did you meet me, Rick? Uh, in high school. Um, that's when I told you I first went to uh, Uniondale. I met Rick at Uniondale. And so okay. since, since I uh, came from one district to another, I didn't know anybody in the school. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I had basketball. And uh, I gained a lot of friends through basketball. And Rick was one hey, of Hey, listen. I, I asked my mother one time, you know, I was like, Mom, I went to school and I didn't know too many people. I joined the basketball team and like everyone was like, yo, the real party's in here. Like, come in. It, it just changed my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Especially true. during high school. Huh? I said, especially during high school. How was it for you? It was the same for you? Uh, can you repeat that? I said, was it the same for you? Yes, yes. Like I said, you know, I didn't know anybody in the high school because I switched districts. And uh, Rick was one of the first people I met. And Rick was uh, special because he had that that uh, city flavor. Straight from Coney Island, right? Yeah, just, you know, the way he dressed, the way he carried himself, and, uh, you know, and the way he played, you know? So, you know, I was glad to have, it. I was glad to have him as a friend. You know, thanks. That's, that's awesome. Uh, he said, we were the only sophomores in the squad. So y'all came up together, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's big back in those days, you know. When you you could have kept your phone how you had it before. That was cool. This way, when we, you know, fix it up and everything, we get your name straight and you're not moving all over the place. Okay. Because I hear you very well. All right. Let me know if you need me to talk up louder. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. All right, good. I just don't want my phone to die on me. That's what I was worried about. I was going to plug it in. Oh, you, you, you need to charge it? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. So, cool. You said, Rick, y'all came up together. You guys just came in the sophomores together? Because I know he was he was supposed to go to Lincoln, but then his parents moved out to Long Island, and then he was uh, forced to go to Uniondale. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for both of us, you know? Yeah. 
That, so how did y'all guys do while you was at Union Dell? Uh, you know, we did well. We played all local schools. And, and Rick and I was talking about this recently. We, uh, the, the, coach, the coach and the uh, uh, athletic director, you know, they never reached out for us to uh, play against uh, schools in the city or uh, in, in major tournaments. And, you know, that was sort of a turnoff for us because, you know, we had a lot of talent. And we was ready to go go after every everybody and anybody, but uh, you know they would. They could, even back then, a lot of high schools wasn't uh, in the city wasn't playing high schools in Long Island. I know when I was yeah. coming up, we didn't have a lot of battles with our team from high school. We saw them if we made it in a state championship, maybe, or we played in a special tournament. And even those special tournaments. The Long Island team didn't come into the city, so yeah. we never got a chance to play against you guys. There was there was a few schools, Malvern High School, uh, with Andre Hawkins. Okay, okay. His school and his his school they played a lot of uh, teams from the city, and I would well, go to his school to watch games from the city. Right, and I'm sitting here wondering, you know, how come we're not playing any of these games? <laughs> Well, I know Rick sent me a, uh, that was that New York Long Island roster. It was a New York Long Island game, the roster of that game. And wow, it, I had no idea that all of these guys in the city played with each other against you guys out in Long Island. And this was, I think, 1982. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was crazy. Start, you know? Yeah. For a long time, we was just sort of hidden away, you know? Right. So I read that you was a work in progress in the beginning, and you kind of came along during the uh, sophomore when you was building, and then like your junior senior year, like you really, really yeah. put your name in Uniondale. I think, yeah, each year, each year I took a big stride. You know, everything was a learning process. You know, you know, I was I was in Long Island the whole time. You know, I didn't get a chance to spread out and see other balls, see other ball players and see how other things were going. You know, it wasn't until, you know, I, I got I graduated high school that uh I went into the city to see anything. And uh, Really? What did did you play? Did you play any any tournaments coming to the city? No. Uh you know, I was telling you about Darren McDonald and, and uh West Fourth Street. You know, that, yeah. was, that was my first experience. <laughs> and, and, you know, I got to West 4th Street, Glenn. Nobody knew who I was. You know? Right. And this was a funny story because, you know, I'm trying to get on teams, right? So I'm walking around like, yo, can I get down with your team? The guy's looking at me now. Can I get down? You know, I asked, you know, everybody. So, you know, after the games are over, you know, uh, there's free run. So I started playing. And then, you know, I was dunking and, you know, making a name for myself. And and uh, Sherman was there. Yeah. You know, and... and Sherman, he, he's the mayor of West Fork. <laughs> yeah, he's the mayor of West Fork. So right. Young... Finished playing, he, come up, he comes up. 
up to me and says, yo, you want to play on my team? I said, you know, I told this one. The guy I was going to play with, I can't remember what his name was. But I do remember that, that his team was like, uh, Sherm told me his team was like uh, uh, one in five at the time. Right, Sherm right. Said, Sherm said. But you got you to get him when you fit in. You got to get him when you fit in, right? Yeah, and you know, it was amazing how it worked out. You know, it's just fun. The basketball world is funny. You never know how things are going to work out. But, you know, I just yes. put my head played, and, uh, you know, little by little I learned, and uh, I grew. But, you know, I wish, looking back, I did have uh, somebody to mentor me. You know, that would have helped an awful lot. But, you know, I managed to, to go a long way without without knowing anything, but just putting my head down and playing hard. So, you know, that's something that I tell the kids, you know, you just got to do your best. Yeah, and mentorship is so important. Uh, some I take very serious, and some I've been doing for the last fifteen uh, years, uh, just kind of helping our kids and and being that support system um, yeah. that you know we didn't have back then. Uh, yeah. Those strong male figures and just be there, you know, through thick and thin, and see these kids grow. So that's been very important. And, and kudos to you, man, for. Still doing that with the kids in your neighborhood. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, f a funny thing was, uh, you know, Dr. J, um, you know, he was he was from Long Island. And yes. you know, after he made it, he came back a couple times and he did a couple of clinics uh, at Nashville Coliseum. And, uh, you know, that was amazing. But that, that was pretty much the only... Uh, link that we had to the NBA. What was the turning point for you in high school that turned you from a regular player to someone who would go on and be dominant on a Division One level? <clears throat> uh, I think... Um, I think playing with uh, Dwight Gibson uh, you know, Dwight was a couple years ahead of me, and uh, his team, his senior year, you know, they were one of the best teams uh, in Long Island. Okay. And you know, just watching how they uh, how they did things and how they proceeded, I think that helped me out, and that helped me, you know, to figure out that that's what I wanted to do. And and who was your toughest competition in high school? <laughs> Rick Rick mentioned uh, Leroy. Uh, uh, yeah, I see that. I see that. I see that. We go. We gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah. You, know, um, you know, everybody else was at, was was at the same level. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Leroy Poole, uh, You know, he was he was about six three, but he was one of the. One of the first guys who can really leap, you know. Uh, I think his leaping ability was far better than anybody we ever knew. So you know, he he intimidated everybody on a lot of levels because of what he could do. And uh, you know, he would go up against seven footers, you know. Mm. So he was he was one of the better players that we we've ever seen. 
So you 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 got your confidence after dunking on him. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, we knew we knew it was going to be a battle when both of us played. Right. You know? And I, I I got a chance to talk to him uh, at at the end of the year because we both got like a end of the year award, I think a daily news award or all on Yeah. Album. And, news day, uh, yeah. It's funny when you get somebody's perspective when you you're going at them. And, you know, you have this one mentality where you just put your head down and go forward and you want to knock. Yeah. When you finally meet the person that you was trying to knock over, you know, you gain a lot of respect for that person because, you know, he may have felt the same way looking at going at you, you know? Yeah. That was, that was great, you know, getting to meet him and, and, uh, and getting respect from somebody, you know, you work so hard against. Mmm. Okay. So, <clears throat> after you made your improvements, <clears throat> start to come along. You dunk on Leroy Poole. Your confidence is through the roof. Now, let me explain this. When you're a ball player, confidence is everything. You lose it, you lose your superpowers. I don't care what level you're on. Confidence is everything. So, when you gained your confidence after dunking on Leroy Poole, got your swag up, who ass did you bust to let you know you was one of the better players on Long Island? <laughs> um, you know what? It, it wasn't who. It was just like it was just like everybody. You know, everybody who would stack up in front of me. I would just try to knock them over, you know? Mm. And it was that same mentality that I had, you know? I didn't know anything else, you know? I didn't have anybody to help me out, you know? All I had to do, the only thing I knew was to just go. Go, go, and go. So Leroy, Leroy Poole was the only name on Long Island that you played against, that you did something against? Uh, you know, Rick on tell it. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of uh, Catholic school dudes, you know. I think I think we came we came hard at the Catholic school dudes. Uh, I think there was a Tim Kempton. Uh, what Tim about uh, Sheldon Henriquez? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> told you, told you, Rick on tell it, Rick on tell it, man. <laughs> You know, Shelton, what happened? Shelton was the same story with, with uh, Leroy Poole, you know? Hmm? But Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon was intimidating, you know? Uh, back in the day, Sheldon, he rolled with uh, a lot of box. I think his father was like a promoter. And uh, her... Um, Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Roberto Durant. I think his father yeah. was involved with uh, promoting them. And, uh, you know, you could tell that he, he had a lot learned from, from all of that, you know? So, uh, you know, when he came into games, he came in with a lot of swagger. And, you know, it was right. Rick was right. You know, I went at him, you know? And uh, that was almost one point we came to blows, you know. <laughs> but you know, how, how tall? How tall was Sheldon? 
I think Sheldon was about six seven. Hey, it's an even fight. I, I get you dunking on pool six three six four jumping ability. I get that. You banging on somebody six seven, and you letting them know that you're the best big man in the building. Yeah. No, Glenn, you know, you just don't want to go home losing, man. That's you know, right. We lost We lost a, a lot of games. And, and you know, I, I, I reflected on that a lot. And I think that, you know, losing, uh, it really does help you because, you know, it helps you reflect and it helps teach you uh, what you need to keep pushing forward. And, you know, uh in in some ways, I I'm I'm glad that uh, I lost a couple of tough games so that I was able to learn uh, to be stronger. Listen, I I say in a song, the intro song is called "Go Hard or Go Home," right? One of the lines in the song is, "I done won chips before and lost more." Well, y'all were still sitting on the side trying to ball, right? Like, people could be on the sidelines saying whatever they want to say about the dude who's playing. Yeah. Oh, you lost. You lost. You lost. Right, but I was in the game. Yes. Well, you was on the sideline keeping the score. <laughs> you know, I heard, I heard that from Mark Jackson. Uh, I was in the city watching Mark Jackson, and there was somebody just haggling him, haggling him, haggling and, you know, finally, after like three quarters, my Mark came over to him and said something like, how much you make? You know, I'm making, I'm making crazy money. Dude didn't say anything. Mark walked off that and it was over. <laughs> Man, listen. This is why fans are called fanatics for a reason. Yeah. But, you know, you know, you know, you know how they handle them, you know? Yeah. Um, you know that it they, comes with the game. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're out there playing, there are only a few people who you really listen to, you know, you know, you got some close, some, some close people that are, you know, on the sidelines and every now and then you look over to see, uh, if they are, all right. you know, those, those are the only people you listen to. Every, everything else is just like white noise, you know? Right. <clears throat> so guys do pretty well senior year. You prove yourself to be dominant. Um, who was recruiting you your senior year? And why CW Post? Yeah, the, you know, that whole Long Island thing, it, it bothered me because of uh, the games that we had scheduled. And, and uh, you know, we didn't really earn much respect. Um, and, it, and, it, and it went as far as that recruiting also, you know? Um, you know, one guy who was from Long Island that did uh, get recruited pretty high was uh, Shelton Jones. I think he came in after uh, yes. went to St. John's. Um, Danny uh, Danny Green, he also came. Danny out. Green, I, I thought I, I thought Danny Green was great. I thought Shelton Jones was such a bust because they were so big on him. Yeah, they were so big on him. He could play multiple positions. He could do all these great things, and he got the St. John's in. Yeah, it didn't materialize. You know, it might not at all. I've not been the right place 
for him because uh, he, did, yeah. he did have some talent. You know, he was tall and he was very athletic. Um, you know, I just don't think it worked out for him. But for some reason, he he got recruited pretty highly, and and that bothered me. You know, I I went to. Did you play against him? No, no, I did. I did uh, compete against him in track. I think we were both high jumping, <laughs> and you know we could jump, but we could. Yeah, jump. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we couldn't do that flop thing, you know. But you know, it was it was fun being out there and, and having something else to do. So no 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 schools was was coming up to Long Island look at you so you settled with uh, CW Post yeah um, I think uh, there was Northeastern with uh, Reggie uh, Reggie Lewis Reggie Lewis let me let me say this I remember reading in an article that Boston University was interested in you. But they decided to go with somebody else, um, and they was that the case? And then you wound up going to CW Post, and then something happened with that player, and they wound up coming back to uh, offer your scholarship. No, um, what happened was uh, there was one guy who was trying to get me to go to um, Northeast. Coach McCrory, and then something didn't work out. I think, uh, you know, I was supposed to meet him for recruiting, and it didn't work out. So he left Boston. He uh, left Northeastern and went to Boston University, and then I followed him there. Got you, got you. That's how you ended up there. It's a weird thing because I wasn't highly recruited at all. It's like I recruited the school. And, and but that coach saw something in you. And then I, I, I guess he probably went back to all the years how you improved so much. Yeah. Because you was only going to get better. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rick, Rick has a point. I see he talked about Duquesne. Um, we, did, we did get recruited, uh, me and uh, Eric Compton from um, Long Beach. We both took a trip uh, to Duquesne. And uh, for some reason, uh, Kane didn't didn't sit right with me. Maybe because it was just too far away, and you know, uh, you know, my family meant a lot to me, so I wanted to be a little closer for them. And then at the same time, Duke Kane didn't have a big name, so uh, it was I, easy I, to walk away. <laughs> I walk away from Duke Kane. <laughs> So how many years you stayed at CW Post? Uh, just one. And, uh, you know, it was a great year. Uh, CW Post recruited some great, great players. And, uh, you know, I wish it was a Division One school. If it was a Division One, I would have stayed there four years. But, uh, you know, uh, D Division Two wasn't wasn't in my heart. You know, I had higher uh, aspirations, so. You know, it was hard. How did you get to Boston? You, you, did you track down a coach that left Northeastern and went to Boston University? Yes, I tracked him down. And I got help from um, another player uh, from uh, St. Dominic's, Jim Christian. Okay. He's, I think he's the head coach. Are you still there? 
Yeah, I think Jim Christian is – I think he's still that college head coach now. Okay. Okay. So, you get to Boston University. You got three years of eligibility left. Do you come and start right away? Or there's another um, step that you got to climb because you're coming from D2 to D1? Yeah, there were, there were a lot of good players to, when I first got there. There was a guy named Curtis Williams who was very good. And we was, we was bumping heads the whole time. But at the end of the year, he ended up uh, transferring to University of Virginia. And, uh, you know, that was a good jump for him. And he ended up playing pretty well there. Oh, okay. There was another um, guy who uh, transferred from Syracuse, and he came there. And uh, after, that, after that one year, he, 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 uh, he transferred also. So uh, the job ended up falling into my lap because a lot of them, you know, fell by the wayside. And, you know... You know, going to school is just hard, period. You know, between the books and being away from home, yeah. and dealing with a coach. And, you know, we had a couple of head coaches that quit and were hard on people. And, you know, when, you know, you're in a coach's doghouse. Uh, hard to get out. <laughs> and and uh, sometimes, well, sometimes when coaches meet you a certain way, they keep that picture of you, yeah. right? It's why we tell kids, you know, make sure your first impression is your best impression. Yeah, and it, you know, it really wasn't fair. I mean, it was hard, you know? You know, because, you know, you're like, you're still kids, you know? Mm -hmm. You're outside of your environment, and uh, it's, it's very, very hard. You have to be very, very strong mentally. Yes. You know, so many people, when they get to school, they, they transfer after their first couple of years. But, uh, I, I was going. To, I was going to transfer, but my moms wouldn't let me. Yeah, and yeah, and you're right. And a, and a lot of people uh, talk about it. You know, if something's not right, I'm transferring. And uh, and you know, your mother's right. You know, you got to fight and stick it out. You know, that's that's what makes you who you are. You uh, overcome those obstacles. Yeah, she just didn't know the team I was playing for. <laughs> she said to get your education. All right. What, what year What year was Dedrick in when you came in? We both came in the same year at the same time. And so he was, you was, he was a freshman, you were the sophomore. Right. Right. Got you. Got you. And, you know, we didn't so know did you guys hit it off being from New York? Yeah. Well... Yeah, no. You know, Dedrick is a lot like his, uh, he says he's not, but he's a lot like his son. Really? <laughs> you know, Kyrie. Okay. Highly intelligent. And, you know, he has yeah. a lot of different um, things to say and a lot of different uh, ideas. And, you know, he's, he's just very smart. And uh, intuitive. He just thinks of a lot of things. And that's probably why he's so good, because he's creative and he thinks about everything on the court. You know, you can't be that good without knowing everything that's going on. 
father was the same way. You know, his father. Ross Strickland said that. Ross Strickland said, out of all the guys, Dedrick was the book smart one. Dedrick was the thinker. Yes. He was smart. And uh, he was he was an extrovert, you know? So he would just talk all the time, talk to everybody. He uh, he, he knows everybody, talks to everybody. Uh, so, you know, it was easy for me, you know? But uh, we did butt heads, you know? Uh, as soon as we got to the school, I think like the first week that we uh, were together, I think uh, the question of who's better came up. <laughs> and um, I think he said he was better than me. And then, you know, I, I just looked away and was like, man, you're crazy. And then that infuriated him. <laughs> and at the time, he, he, uh, he sprained his ankle in one of the games that we were playing in. And sprained ankle and all, he was upset and he wanted, he wanted to, you know, he, he wanted to step up, you know, who was better. Uh, you know, I didn't want to play him because his, his ankle was hurt, you know, and this was, That's our, right. yeah, this was, our, you know, I was looking ahead, you know, I was looking to have a great year and everything. I didn't want him to get, uh, but he didn't care, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he wanted to play. So we ended up playing like half a game and then I just stopped it. And then he was, I guess, I guess his ankle was hurting him. So we stopped it. But, um, you know, from that point on, we did have a lot of respect for each other because we really went at each other. And that's how you gain respect, you know? That's right. When you that's right. Down, you go at each other. And, you know, I, he looked at me and he, he, he saw that, you know, I had, uh, you know, fire in my heart. I saw him the same way, and then, you know, we had a lot of respect for each other. Listen, when I was in Maine Central Prep School, I used to watch you guys play, and you, right? I just didn't know who you were. I knew who Dedrick was because Dedrick was from the city. Knowing, looking back now, uh, I remember the big man that was dominating for Boston University, that was you. This is so crazy. Small world. Are you still there? You there? Hello? I'm still here. Hello? Hello? You there? Say something. I can't hear you. I'm going to come back out. Come back. Yeah, we want to finish this up. It's so crazy, Rick. I was saying how when I was up in Maine, I was watching Dedrick play. I knew who Dedrick was. Because we from the city. I know he's from Stevenson. They had a dominant big man. And now to come and think about it, that was Larry. Remember watching Reggie Lewis play in Northeastern. These are guys who 
when you wanted to get some inspiration, it wasn't a lot of college basketball being played in Maine, right? Locally, at least. The University of Maine, they had some Division two schools out there. But if you wanted some inspiration, you had to make sure you catch Boston University, Boston College, UMass, Rhode Island, those schools you kind of got inspiration from. And I knew guys in Rhode Island. I knew guys who played in Boston University uh, down in UMass. And those are the schools you got inspiration from. And those are the schools you looked at to see whether you wanted to go there. You get a letter to or somebody recruiting you, you want to make sure that these programs fit your style. And the things that we know now, I wish I would have known then. But it all works out for a reason. And that's why we get to talk to Larry tonight about his situation. Because here's a player who started out a little rough around the edges. Meet Rick, right? Rick is taking them to different places to play. He's taking Rick to different places because Rick just moved out to Long Island. They formed his brotherhood. And even though he only played out in Long Island, once he left the island, he was able to play against other guys and see where his talent lay. How does it stack up against other guys? And that's what happens when you get to leave your neighborhood, leave your town, leave your comfort area to go and play in other tournaments, go and play in other parks and challenge yourself. And that's what we had to do as ballers coming up. So we're going to see if my man is on right now. I think his battery probably died. Where you at? I know I'm waiting for him now, Rick. I just told him we was going on. What's going on? Who's it's religion? For sure. Thanks for the love, man. Keep doing your thing. Yo, Rick. How you like these, man? And one. <laughs> guy Rob Phelps hooked me up. Hooked me and my guy up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I want to thank Rob Phelps again. Nah, he, he got he got the uh, the video, and and one for showing us some love. Got to do it, man. It's that New York City brotherhood. Good, yo, you have my artist about to put your your pitch in the fire, man. He's like, what? He's like, gonna finish this up? Yeah, you, you gotta like, like I was saying earlier, right? When I was up in Main Central at prep school, while you guys was at Boston University, right. Right? right? Watching you guys play, I was inspired. I remember watching you play. I just didn't know who you were. I knew Dedrick, and I knew they had a dominating big guy. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were one-two punch. You know, once so definitely, I saw you play, fam, definitely. Yeah? <laughs> you guys are our only inspiration, Rhode Island, Boston University, Boston College, UMass. That's it. 
Yeah. We couldn't watch Maine, no even way. though they was on every night. There was no inspiration. They tried to give me and my boy $30,000 to come there as a package deal. No way. But that's another story. Yeah, Maine. All right? Maine's for vacations, man. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I see you guys made it to the tournament and played against Duke. Yeah. That was that was big. That was the yeah. Was Johnny Dawkins there at the time? No. Um Danny Ferry, uh John Smith, uh Kevin Strickland, Quinn Snyder. Yes. Uh you, you know they always have a big whole bunch of big name guys. Allah 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 Adunabi. Listen. When we was in high school, we played against them. Master Square Broncos. We played against the Roadrunners. And Jason Williams tore Alu, Alda, Alu, Adunabi, whatever his name is, a new asshole. Ala Adunabi, yes. Tore him a new asshole. Jason Williams killed him. Especially we found out he was going to Duke. We was like, he was just big. Yeah, he was big. That that height was intimidating, but you're right. Back then, but he wasn't a bowler. He wasn't. He couldn't really ball. Yeah, once you get past the height, then then it's over. You know. Right. But he he fit in well with Duke because he brought that height and that fear, and everybody else had had the game. You know. Yeah, but look, back then, you know, you come from New York. We want to see. Uh, we know you got the height. Can you play? You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right because he didn't play much that that game. Of course, trust me, I know. <laughs> so you, you, that was your your only time that y'all went to the tournament. You guys go yeah. make it to the NIT. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was a shame because um, it, it's such a stage, you know, playing on that stage, and, and some guys are able to do it every night, and they're used to the crowds, and they're used to all of the extra things that go on. And you know, for like a, a small D one, you know, it, it's 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 too much of a change for us, you know. Um, yes, get thrown in the lion's den with a million people watching. Seven, you yeah, have seventeen thousand people there, and you know, seventeen thousand. You know, when when somebody makes a play, the crowd is going on like five minutes. They still. You know, the roar is still there. <laughs> it never goes away. Yeah, that, that was just one thing that stuck in my mind, you know. But, you know, it was an amazing experience, you know. Right. So after after college, you are, did you go straight overseas? Did you try for any NBA teams? Uh. No, I didn't get picked up by any NBA team. I didn't even know I was in the draft. One of my one of my friends from Roosevelt, he went to the draft. He got a draft list, and then he saw my name on the list. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get contacted by anybody. And, you know, I was only 6'6", and I was playing inside. So I think that that was the, the biggest problem. Being an NBA, you'd be a tweener. Yes. So, you know, that's something I thought about a lot and sort of regret it. You know, and that's, that's the other thing about mentorship, you know. Um, you know, somebody who's in the NBA could look at you and could tell what position you're going to play in. Yeah. 
and I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, and that was a big, uh, that was a big mistake, you know. Well, listen, we had guys at my at my school in Lincoln who was six four, played the post six yeah. five, right? Those in between guys. Yeah. For myself, I'm six six, but I started out as a five eight guard, then grew to six six. Yeah. So, you know, you have ball handling skills. Right. I'll start all the other skills. Well, that's that's the important thing, you know. And, um, you know, uh, Dedrick and I talked about this. When we were in um, college, you know, he already talked about having a, a great son. You know, and this is way before Kyrie was even born. Wow. And you know, he said, Larry, you know what? My son's going to kick your son's ass. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know what, he probably... He knew what he was talking about. Yeah. He had a plan. Because I was still on that center thing and, you know, doing the center skills. And that's obsolete now, you know? But he uh, he knew that he knew all the skills for a guard, for a point guard. And it translated perfectly to the NBA. So he was, he was sort of ahead of his time with that, you know? Wow. And, and, you know, and he had Rod, too. And Rod, uh, Rod carried a lot of weight, you know. And he, he blazed the trail himself, you know. I don't know how That's many right. he had, but, you know, he, he just went through each level like it was nothing, you know. Yeah, and, and, and while, while we were saying it, looking at it, and thought, thought it was easy, hearing it from him, it, it wasn't as because he had to deal with a lot of things as well. And we talked about him not making uh, the All-Star team as great as we all thought he was and how much we thought he should have been on those teams. So there's always, like you said, when a person's on the outside looking in, things kind of always look easier than the person that's actually going through it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still there? So you're buffering a little bit. There you go. So how was uh, I'm still the transition? I'm still here. All right, how was the transition from playing college ball to playing ball overseas? Um. I, I, I quit the playing in college again. You know, I, you know uh, the funny thing was that I thought I was I thought I was great at that point. So I would look at other players, and I was just a son. couldn't play. You know. That was <laughs> everybody, everybody in Yo, so hold on, hold on. You didn't do that before. You never Hell did that before. Yeah. Everybody did at one time or another. Everybody did that. Especially you look at a white, white boy, boy team, so or the white boys, and they <laughs> out passing your ass, cutting, yeah. they dunking, they backdoing you to death, shooting threes. Never do that again. Yeah, and then you go back into the locker room, you start scratching your head. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um... And, and yeah, I did that a lot, and and that was a big problem. And then and each time, you know, these guys showed some uh, amazing skills. Um, 
There was one guy who is coaching at uh, NJCU. Uh, I can't remember what his name was, but he was playing in Europe also. Okay. And then he got Jersey City coaching. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, these guys were lights out. It's like they had no weaknesses, you know? Wow. Once, once I got over the fact that, uh, you know, every time I stepped on the court, I had to, to uh, respect whoever I was playing and just go out. Uh, things got a little bit easier, you know. And um, okay, when, when did you play? When did you play? What countries? Uh, the first country I was at was uh, Sweden, and uh, you know that was that didn't end up being a good experience, the best experience because you know I got off to a shaky start trying to make the adjustment, but you know once I settled in. Uh, you know, we did well. We ended up winning the championship of, of Sweden. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, that, that opened uh, a lot of doors. And it, it, I had uh, my confidence grew a lot. And people looked at me, you know, differently. And then, you know, that basically helped my whole career. Confidence. Uh, winning, winning a championship in another country is, is a huge, huge uh undertaking and uh you know that's something that i'm so proud of because just just going to another country is hard enough you know and then t to deal with all uh, the language the money uh the time difference i mean every time you turn around it there's some type of a obstacle that you didn't you don't see coming you know that's right yeah you know, i'm sitting there trying to figure out what um what a krona is and, and and how many dollars this thing is. <laughs> what what did you learn about yourself while you was over there? Uh, you know, I was I was always uh alone. I was always thoughtful. And um I think my parents, you know, your parents tell you a lot of things, but one of the best things they my parents told me was um you know, it's more important to listen to people than to speak. You know, so you know, I would, I would, I would just take in everybody's uh, point of view, and uh, and then I would just try to adjust to what they was what they were saying. You know, the moment you come in, and you you try to tell people that you don't know how to do things, <laughs> especially in Europe, you're in trouble. You know, they that's right. They'll get you on the next plane and get somebody else. That's right. Two Americans to a team. Yeah. And, I, and when I got there, there was just one. In Sweden at that time, in the 1980s, there was only one. Uh, mm. team. Wow. So, uh, so uh, you know, I, I always had that ability to... Uh, to take in things and and I, I always liked uh adventures you know i was i was so excited to to be able to go to europe and to travel um the first thing i did before i even got to that team was i, I joined uh like a touring team okay agent scott Wolson, and you know there was just uh about eight to ten brothers from uh all over the united states and and then we played uh, friendly matches against all of these European teams. 
and uh, at the end of the at the end of that camp, uh, I got picked up and I flew to Sweden. And you know, it's just so much uh, unknowns. You know, it was, I, it was the first time I've been to Paris, and you know, I didn't really have a background. You know, it's, it's good to to know something about it. You know? <laughs> And, you know, we don't know. All of a sudden, we look up. Oh, that's the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You gotta do some research. No, nah, none. You know. But you know, at the same time, it was it was it was overwhelming. It was so much fun to 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 see it that way. You know. That's good, man. So, how many years did you play overseas? Uh, Twelve. All of Sweden? No. Um, uh, Sweden, uh, I spent four years approximately. Uh, <clears throat> France, I was there for about three. Belgium, Holland, two years. Uh, Finland for a year. Wow. Yeah. All right, I got a question. I interviewed Kim Hampton, and she played 13 years in different countries overseas. She speaks French, she speaks uh, Japanese, and I think she speaks uh, Mandarin as well. Yeah. She was speaking some languages, and I may be mixing them up, but she was speaking some languages. I was like, yeah. that just sounds sexy, the way she said it. Brother, <laughs> did you pick up any languages while you were there? You know, the thing that hurt me was that I kept leaving countries. Um, so I would go from one language, and then the next year I just switched to another language. <laughs> and, you know, I took I took classes when I was there, but you didn't master anything. No. Um, and then, you know, you meet, you end up meeting people, and then all the people help, uh, help translate everything for you. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I, you know, my whole idea was, when I was there, was to just see as many places as I could. So, uh, you know, that was sort of the game plan that I had. So if I had the opportunity to go here, I guess because I thought that I would never have the opportunity to see uh, those places again. So I wanted to see as many when I had the opportunity. Definitely understand so, that. So, you know, there are a lot of things that you wish you might have changed when you look back on things. But, uh, you know, it was nice to see so many places. <clears throat> That's cool. So I, I speak to a lot of different players about their transition from basketball to the real world. Some was difficult, some very easy, right? The transition. How was this transition from the basketball life to the real world? Um, I think uh, the thing that makes it difficult to easy is, is if you have an idea of what you want to do when you come back. You know, if you have no idea and, and you know you have no plan. It's just devastating, you know. 
And I always had a lot of different ideas of what I wanted to do. And I tried a couple of things and uh, it didn't go out. Um, but, uh, you know, I always had my, my, uh, my family and they were, they were always helpful. And uh, they, they, uh, they, did, they helped me settle into uh, education and into teaching. And, and that sort of was a natural progression because I had so much uh, um, lifetime experience that uh, teaching seemed to be the perfect place to go. Nice, nice. And then your family, your mom was an educator, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that, that definitely makes it easy, yes. All right. We come to this moment where we ask you, who are the top five players in Long Island history from your perspective? Ooh. Uh, well, one thing is hard because um, I, when I left, you know, when you leave Europe, <clears throat> when you leave and go to Europe, it seems like the rest of the world is, is just cut off and you don't have any idea. I got you. Uh-huh. They could be from your era. Who do you know? What's the top five players for Long Island? Um, yeah, I need a minute. I was I was ready for this at all, man. It's like you knocked me off my leg. That's this one. We got the Jeopardy music playing. <laughs> Andre Hawkins. Uh, Andre Hawkins. That's right. Okay. That's one. Uh, Dwight Gibson. That's two. Uh, Gusto Benelli. Remember Augusto Who? Augusto Benelli. Augusto Benelli. Augusto Benelli. Augusto. All right. I'm waiting for a certain name. I'm waiting for a certain name to come up. I'm going to see if you mention him or not. You got two more. Rick know who I'm talking about too. <laughs> I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. You got two more. Two more. Uh, See Agnes Lutheran Noir. Charlie Bryant. <laughs> Charlie Bryant. Okay. All right, I'm gonna name your fifth player because you're killing me, dog. You're supposed to be a Long Island veteran, you're supposed to have done your homework on these guys who are out there and who came from your era. <laughs> guys like Billy Donovan, guys like 
Big Red, right? Frank Big Red, right? What about him? I think you froze it. Yeah. Oh, you, you good, man? Billy Donovan. <clears throat> Bill, you, uh, what about Billy Donovan? I can't hear you. Say it again. Oh, Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Billy Donovan. Make some noise for your fire. All right. Cool. So, brother, I want to appreciate you coming on the show. But before you leave, we got something for you, my man. Um, question. What are your perceptions about Long Island High School, the scene right now? Are you in Long Island still? Uh, I'm in New Jersey. Uh, oh, you're in New Jersey. Okay. Have you been keeping up with Long Island basketball? No, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I'm into I'm into Jersey now. You know, uh, Jer New Jersey has. Uh, you know, I'm teaching in, uh, in Jersey City, and I've been. Got you. I've been following the New Jersey, and it, it's it's pretty pretty good basketball here. Yeah, uh, my guy Murder seen as the coach at uh, Gil St. Bernard. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to him his uh his poster this weekend. Yeah, they they wanted to. One of the top schools, right? Are you yeah. still there? You know, St. Bernard. Kid. Yes. Uh, all right, cool. Ahead. I'm about to show you your picture. I want to make sure you, you, you can see it. We got to get your phone all and right. stop uh, buzzing. Are you there? We good? All right. We're buffering, but I see. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, it's unbelievable. And that's you? That's you peek right behind your picture, the poster that you gave me? That's you ducking on dude? Yeah. Wow. And we made that we made that Danny Ferry. We made that Danny Ferry. <laughs> Oh man, that's amazing. You know, I always, always wanted that too. You know, huh? I always, always wanted somebody to draw a picture of me. That's awesome. <laughs> well, now you got it, brother, and I'll be sending this to you soon. Yeah, that's awesome. See that? You know what? I'm, I might have to, uh, I might have to work with him to, to do a couple more for me. Hey, my, my artist, he's there for hire. So the first one for free, anything after that, it's a fee. But uh, he's definitely here to work with you on that one. And I'm quite sure he'll love to uh, work with you on a couple of more portraits. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's, you know, that's so, my brother, yeah, make sure you send me, your, you know, text me your information, and I'll, I'm going to send this out to you, man, so you have it in the next couple of weeks. All right, great. Great. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank Rick for hooking us up, all right, because he nominated you.
Now it's your turn to nominate someone else. All right. I'm not, I'm not going right. to think about this. No, nah, I got to think about that because I don't want to have to play the Jeopardy music on you no more. <laughs> yeah, it's going for the whole uh, half hour. Oh, man. Listen, Larry, I appreciate the time. We salute you on your career and what you have done and what you continue to do for our youth today. You know, it's just an honor to be uh, respected like that. I appreciate it. Thank you. No doubt. Much. It's just, just let you know.